What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in today's video, I'm going to be diving into five buy low players heading into week three of the NFL season. I think the first few weeks of the season is really the best time to dominate trades, capitalize on some overreacting league mates. So that's what we're going to be focusing in on today. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. And if you have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below in the comment section. But let's just jump right into it. So starting off with my first buy low player, it's going to be Jamar chase and there's really no way around it this has definitely been a brutal start for a guy who was pretty much a consensus top three pick in fantasy drafts week one he had five receptions for 39 yards week two five receptions for only 31 yards i will say joe burrow definitely doesn't look like he's 100 percent back from that calf injury but i still think this is a spot where this Bengals offense can't be bad throughout the entire season it just you know would be so unlikely it would go against everything what we've seen from this offense over the past two seasons including you know their uh, playoff games so i would be very very surprised if jamar chase didn't have a major bounce back throughout the rest of the season. He's still commanding targets. He has 17 targets in two weeks. So it's not like all of a sudden he's just like not a part of this offense. He's still commanding volume, which is good to see. He just hasn't really broken off like a huge play yet. We know he's super explosive, typically very efficient, has a lot of touchdown upside. We just haven't seen one of those boom games out of Chase so far. But I do think if someone drafted Jamar Chase at pick two, maybe pick three, pick four, a lot of those other guys that were drafted in that range are performing really well, most notably Christian McCaffrey. Like if you drafted um, Jamar Chase over CMC, you're probably not feeling great about it. Another wide receiver that Chase was pretty consistently going ahead of was Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill obviously had that monster week one, also a very solid week two. So I feel like people could definitely be starting to panic on Jamar Chase. They're not feeling great about that pick and they may want to try to move off of him. I would just start off by sending out straight up offers for wide receivers like Devontae Adams or CD Lamb. Some of you may say like no one would ever make that deal. I think you might be surprised. Obviously, it depends on the league. We have Devontae Adams coming off a strong game. Same thing with CD Lamb. Jamar Chase back-to-back uh, dud performances. I would just throw it out there to kind of, you know, see what the uh, reception is. I also think you could kind of make some combo offers like Devonta Smith is someone I'd be interested in moving. A guy like Debo Samuel coming off a big game. You do Devonte, you know, maybe plus an upgrade somewhere else. Debo Samuel plus another, you know, decent option. Those are kind of the uh, trades I'd be looking to make for Jamar Chase. The next player is going to be another stud wide receiver and it's Calvin Ridley. He had a pretty down week two. Um, along with the majority of the uh, Jaguars offense, pretty much except for Christian Kirk, and then I guess uh, Evan Ingram also. He commanded eight targets, which is still solid, but he only caught two of them for 32 yards. We saw Christian Kirk really just have a massive game. He went from a complete dud in week one, um, not playing in two wide receiver sets. That kind of carried over here in the uh, week two, but there were just way more three wide receiver sets that the Jaguars were running. But Christian Kirk had 50% of the team's receptions, and he had 50% or over 50% of the team's receiving yards. So this was just the Christian Kirk game. There wasn't a ton left for Calvin Ridley, but I do think there was some skepticism heading into the season about this wide receiver room. A lot of people really liked Christian Kirk. Maybe they thought Calvin Ridley would be a bust. They didn't think he'd return to his pre-suspension and pre-injury form. And week one, he kind of went out and like shattered that, caught eight passes for 101 yards and a touchdown. And at that point, it was like, all right, wheels up. It seems like it's going to be really tough to ever buy Calvin Ridley. I think this is the opportunity here after a down game. 
I view him as a top 10 fantasy wide receiver moving forward, and I'm guessing you can probably get him for cheaper than that. Um, Devonta Smith is a guy I would send straight up for Calvin Ridley. Some people may not love that. That's a move I'd be definitely willing to make. Um, you could also throw out like the Debo tier of wide receivers, players like that, or maybe like a more firm wide receiver two, plus you add on, you know, another piece of depth option, something like that. I just think Calvin Ridley is someone who's going to put together a monster season. So I just don't know if there's going to be another window to kind of buy him at this price and get him on your roster. And then moving over to the next stud wide receiver, kind of the theme of this video, it's going to be AJ Brown. And he's had a somewhat underwhelming start to the season. He went seven for 79 in week one, which was solid. Then he kind of had a dud in week two, four for 49. And I honestly didn't really think I'd consider AJ Brown to be a buy low because, you know, he had one bad game, but week one was solid. But I actually saw multiple comments um, on my videos, either, you know, ask if I was concerned about AJ Brown, talking about how Devonta Smith has overtaken um, AJ Brown as the wide receiver one, or just even like some potential trade offers for AJ Brown that I thought, you know, seemed very favorable for the person who was getting him. When we look back to the uh, game on Thursday, Devonta Smith had a big time performance on prime time with everyone watching. So, you know, everyone was seeing Devonta Smith ball out. They were seeing AJ Brown kind of have a down performance. And then even in week one, Devonta Smith um, didn't have, I think they had the same number of receptions. He didn't have the same number of receiving yards, but he got into the end zone. So his fantasy performance was better. So in terms of fantasy, Devonta Smith has outscored AJ Brown in both games. So now there's, you know, kind of being the narrative thrown around there that Devonta Smith could potentially be the wide receiver one, like the gap has closed between these two players. And I was honestly someone who was lower on AJ Brown than consensus heading into the season. I had guys like Amon Ra, CD Lamb, Devontae Adams. I had all those players ranked ahead of AJ Brown. A lot of people didn't have that. But even as someone who was a little bit lower on him, I really haven't dropped him at all in my rankings after one week. Like maybe I dropped him one wide receiver slot, but it's not like I'm actually panicking here. AJ Brown's never been a guy who's been overly consistent. He's not a high weekly floor, like high volume wide receiver. He produces through big plays, crazy efficiency, and then he also typically carries some really strong touchdown upside. So even though I think Devonta Smith is great, I still view AJ Brown as the Eagles wide receiver one. I'm not taking a two game sample size and saying, all right, AJ Brown has been overtaken. Um, like in fantasy, I would take AJ Brown over Devonta Smith straight up rest of the season. If someone wanted to offer me that trade, I would go for it. I'd also just be looking at offers for like those wide receiver two types, um, adding something on or like a minor uh, positional upgrade somewhere else. So, you know, you're getting the better wide receiver. Maybe you flip running backs, they get the better running back. Trades like that for AJ Brown. I just think if someone is actually concerned and they think Devonta Smith is the number one, then AJ Brown is definitely a guy that you can kind of go out and try to acquire. Now we're going to have the only running back in this video up next, and it's going to be Brees Hall. No doubt he's clearly a very buy low because his uh, week two performance was not it. Pretty much a killer in your fantasy lineup. If you started him, um, I started him in some spots. Obviously that didn't go well four rush attempts for nine yards, two targets, zero receptions. The Cowboys defense really just went out and bodied the Jets offense. It was not super competitive. Um, and I was probably too optimistic to be interested in playing Brees Hall in this matchup while he was still on a workload. Like if he had his, you know, full set of carries like we saw um, in his rookie season, then I think you just play him regardless, even in a bad matchup. But in a split, that was probably my bad, you know, I should have read that uh, a little bit differently, but I think people are going to take this singular game where he just completely flopped and Zach Wilson looked terrible 
and they're going to think that this is going to be what every game looks like. Brees Hall is going to flop every game, and you know he's just kind of going to be stuck on a terrible offense. I just don't think that's kind of a fair takeaway from this game. I think maybe before he's back to a legit consistent workload, you may have to pick and choose matchups, right? Going up against favorable defenses. But let's look back to the 2022 season. It is not impossible for Brees Hall to produce with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. Zach Wilson played his first game uh, last season in week four. Uh, Him and Brees Hall played together from weeks four through seven. In those four games, Brees Hall averaged 19.2 PPR points per game. So he was giving you high-end running back one production with Zach Wilson at quarterback. So, you know, Zach Wilson, it's not great. It was definitely a huge hit with having Aaron Rodgers go down just in terms of like the ceiling of this offense and the ceiling of Brees Hall. But it's not like Brees Hall somehow becomes, you know, unusable for fantasy. And also, if Zach Wilson plays as bad as he did in this game, like the Jets are going to have to go out and make a move. I think ideally they want Zach Wilson to play well. They wanted to develop him. They want him to be the guy of the future. But this is also a very stacked roster outside of the quarterback position. So if Zach Wilson can't get it done, they're going to have to go out and make a move for another quarterback. And even if it's a veteran, like a Jameis Winston type, a Jacoby Brissett, I think that person can still probably keep this offense afloat. And that would still be a uh, you know pretty solid move here for Brees Hall. So I think if someone is definitely panicking on Brees Hall, I'd be all over uh, reaching out and buying low on him here moving forward. And then the fifth and final buy low player is going to be Chris Godwin going back to the wide receiver position. The Bucks' offense looked really strong in week two going up against the Bears. Now they have had two pretty soft matchups to start off the season, Vikings week one, Bears in week two. But we've kind of seen Mike Evans be like the clear beneficiary of those soft matchups. Godwin has been solid, like 5 for 51 in week 1, 5 for 58 in week 2. But he just hasn't hit like those huge fantasy games. Mike Evans had a big week 1, an even bigger week 2. I just think that if Godwin continues to command solid volume, he's going to eventually put together those bigger games. I mean, it could have been this one. Baker missed him like wide open on a 20-yard touchdown. You add that reception, you're looking at what? six for 80 in a touchdown, 20 point game. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Um, But I don't think this is a situation where like Mike Evans is going to be the clear cut top option and he's just going to consistently outproduce Chris Godwin. I don't think that's the takeaway I have from like the first two games of the season. I also think that in tougher matchups, I feel like Godwin is the safer week to week option just due to being less big play reliant, right? Like Mike Evans, he kind of needs some of those longer receptions, that may not be working in closer games, um, you know, against tougher defenses. So something to kind of consider there. But we have seen some flashes out of this Bucks offense, which does give me some optimism for both of these wide receivers moving forward. But I think Chris Godwin is the guy you can kind of buy low on. If people think Mike Evans is the clear-cut number one option, you know, Chris Godwin is someone who I wouldn't be surprised if he outscored Mike Evans rest of season. Like, I don't think that would be a, a crazy outcome here. So those are going to be my five buy low players. A lot of wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Calvin Ridley, A.J. Brown, Chris Godwin, and then Brees Hall at the running back position. Like I said, you know, don't mortgage your team to go out and get these players if the value is right. I'd be going out, sending some offers, trying to get these guys on your roster. But that is going to wrap it up for this one. Um, If you haven't seen my waiver wire video, that's up on the channel. Go check it out. I'll also have my sell high players um, coming out today also. So take a look at that. But thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.